As a teenager, you were controlled and confined by what others demanded and expected of you. In your 20s, you were consumed by what others thought of you. In your 30s, you realized you were still conflicted by what you truly thought of yourself. But now, in your 40s and beyond, it's finally time to live fearlessly, fabulously, and fully you. Let's go. Hey sis, welcome to In the Middle with Myra, and I'm your host, Myra Rollins. Hey, what's up ladies? Welcome back to the middle. As always, I am so appreciative that you're going to give me 20, 30 minutes out of your day because I know time is precious. Time is money. I know, I know. Even COVID time, even though we have more time, (laughs) it is still, still precious. So as not to waste any more of your precious time, I want to quickly remind you to please make sure you subscribe or favorite this podcast so that you will never miss a notification of when we have a new one, which is normally every single Monday. Um, But then also make sure that you sign up for the email list and sign up for the um, Facebook community. It is a growing, fun, engaging community that I just really want you to be a part of. And if you are a part of the community, do me a favor. There's a little button on Facebook that says invite a friend. So can you do that? Invite a friend, a homegirl, someone that you don't like that you know need a smile every now and then invite her to to the Facebook community it is for women around near at approaching 40 and beyond so today though on the podcast what we're talking about is just how to get your groove back and like do you know what I mean by groove let, let me define it for you real quick groove is that inner part of you that Instead of life being looked at as a battle to survive, your groove makes it a challenge to be conquered. Instead of that voice inside of your head that's just settling for defeat, your groove tells you, you know what? Try again, girl. Groove is that something about you that makes people gravitate towards you. It is your personality, your vigor, your vitality, your stride, your swing, your pep, your swag, and most importantly, your groove is your peace. And I'm just wondering how many of you feel that you have lost your groove? So let me ask you a couple of check questions to help you check that. Okay. Let's see. Do you find yourself often exhausted? yet always feeling unaccomplished could be an indicator that your groove is going or do you feel yourself always on the edge of anger or tears groove do you feel like you are a hamster on a boring routine of life indication of your groove is fading does the lighthearted fun-loving easygoing person that you used to be seem like a distant memory Does the words blah or ho-hum fill your vocabulary when you define your world and your existence? All of those are just some possible indicators that your groove in life is gone or going, one or the other. And so I want to help you get your groove back today. Now, listen, my groove, I'm not going to say it's like back with a vengeance, 
because I too struggled with like this feeling of Lord, if this is it, I feel a little bit cheated. I mean, so many of us, including myself, I had developed this self-defeatist pattern of thinking that it unknowingly shaped my whole entire existence. I would sometimes wake up with thoughts that would go something like this. Lord, if this is it to life, then I feel that you played a cruel joke on me. I know, Lord, that I should be grateful for my husband and my children and my job and my friends, but something is still missing. Lord, if this is it, I can't help feeling cheated and duped. Have you ever said that? Because I used to. I mean, it was the mixture of constant exhaustion, periodic loneliness, various resentments, and just this mental list of unfulfilled dreams that had me feeling like my groove to life was gone. But I started doing to work the work to get that groove back. And that's what this conversation today and the conversation this whole entire month is about. Ways to get your groove back. So I want you to stick with me because that is what we're going to be talking about today. So listen, abundant living And that's what we're going to be talking about. I called it groove for short, but really what I'm authentically trying to say is that God has promised us abundant living. But the thing is, it doesn't happen by chance. It happens by choice. So I want you just to roll with me for a little bit and let's talk about some ways to get our groove back. Number one, the first thing that you have to do is you have to realize that in this world, you will have trials. That's like, 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 y'all, that's Bible talk. I know. Don't, don't, don't turn the podcast off. I'm going to be talking a little bit of Bible today. John 16, says that I have told you these things so that you may have peace in this world. You will have trouble, but take heart for I have overcome the world. Listen, like. It's summertime, and one of my favorite fruits is watermelon. I have never in my life said, I'm not going to eat this watermelon, even though I love it because it has seeds. No, ma'am. In this watermelon, you will have seeds, but you still eat it. In this amusement park, you have lines, but you still going to go. In this paycheck, you have taxes, but you still work. When you know what to expect, When it comes, you approach it differently. And I think so many of us are disappointed and disillusioned at life because we forget that we have been forewarned that in this life we will have trials. And so what I want you to understand is that, excuse me, how many times have you heard yourself say this phrase that when my husband helps me with this, then I will have better attitude or when my husband changes this, I will be happier or when I get this job or when I make more money or when this trial stops or when I lose the weight, we are always waiting on the trial to go away before we experience joy and peace. But ladies, you cannot wait on your trial to go away before you experience peace. And then you also have to understand, and this is a word that we throw around so much that keeps us disillusioned and stuck. Fair. Fair. Life isn't fair. Fairness is based on the standard, right? So it's like, if this is the mark 
And if for some reason I don't make that mark, then I understand that I don't get that prize. But when the mark changes, then it becomes unfair. But y'all, God told us the mark. God told us that there will be trials. So we should not act as if that God is being unfair when we hit a trial. And the reason why I am honing in on this is because I feel that so many of us are disappointed with God and feel that he's being unfair because of a trial. But we just talked about that he warned us in John 16, 33, that in this world, we would have trials. So God is not being unfair. God is actually holding true to his word. And so the first thing that you need to realize and the first thing that you need to embrace and accept when it comes to getting on the path of getting abundant life and getting your groove back is that there's no way I can get around it. I'm not different than anybody else. In this world, I will have trials. Now, listen, that wasn't a fun one. That wasn't one that you're going to be like, oh, yes, I received that. Yeah, Lord. But it is incumbent upon you to get that down and embrace that. Because if not, everything else that I tell you is going to fall on deaf ears as well. Because what you're going to do is gravitate towards the one that make you feel good. And then when you forget this, that we will have trials, then you're going to feel that God has tricked you, duped you, and you'll feel like he's being unfair. All right. Number two, here's a big one. What I want you to start doing again, this is huge, y'all, is to expect greatness. Do not expect sadness. Do not expect things to be mediocre. Do not things to just main, do not expect things just to maintain. Do not expect days to be mundane, but expect greatness. Because in John 10, 10, it says that I have come that you may have life and that you may have life more what? Abundantly. Y'all, God did not come and die. For us just to get by. Come on now. In Exodus, God said that he was going to give the people in Canaan a land that flowed with milk and what? Honey. Yeah, milk is what they needed. But honey was the extra. Sis, somebody needs to know that God wants to give you extra the extra money, the extra laughs, the extra good times. God is a God of milk, yes, but he is also a God of honey. Some of us trust in God for our salvation and we trust in him um, to pay our bills and maybe even to give us good health and maybe even for big miracles. But many of us do not trust him for a day-to-day good life. Y'all, God is in the business of giving extra in the day-to-day. Like, you know, when we're talking about miracles and things of that nature, there is just so much biblical proof that God gives extra. When he turned water to, to wine, he gave the extra good wine. When he multiplied the fish and the bread, he gave extra baskets for the people. When the Israelites crossed over on dry, on cross over the sea. Y'all, it wasn't just marshy, mushy, wetland. It was dry land. God wants to give you extra. And I want you to embrace that and start looking for that. The same God that will save you is the same God that will give you your groove back. He wants you to be happiness. Yes, holiness is his primary goal and desire for you. But y'all, happiness is baked into that. Faith is not just believing that God can, but that he will. I want you all to begin to be praying specifically like the prayer of Jabez, like God increase my territory. 
God does not have to turn away from like helping others in big situations in order to help you. And I believe that sometimes that's what keeps us from asking him for things. We believe that it is selfish or that it's hindering other prayers. But y'all in James 4, 2, it says that you have not because you ask not. I want you, sis, and I give you permission today based on the truth of the Bible that today you can start asking for extra. All right. Number three, Here's here's a nasty one. I know a lot of y'all are not going to like this one because, again, I'm talking Bible today, but it just is what it is. Ladies, many of us are missing out on abundant life because of sin. I know, I know, I know, I know. I know that's a word that, you know, a lot of us ain't talking about these days, but I, I need to talk about it. Many of us are living this almost hell on earth. And let me tell you what I mean by that. So like, I'm not trying to go to hell, right? Ain't trying to go there. I don't, I, I just don't see myself dealing well with fire, ashes, unquenchable thirst and gnashing of teeth. And those things are awful. But the one thing, the one thing about hell that makes me literally have goosebumps and cringe is, it's in the story of um, a man called Dives, D-I-V-A-S, I believe. And he died and went to hell. And when he opened up his eyes, he was able not only to see his own horrible hellish circumstances, but he was also able to see into heaven. While in his misery, he was forced to look at how miraculous heaven was. Can you imagine the feeling of absolute torture? And then while you are physically being tormented, you are able to see what you missed out on. You are close enough to see what could have been your fate, but not able to experience it. And that is what I mean, that many of us are living that particular hell on earth. Many of us can see the blessing of God in other people's lives, but are unable to experience that for ourselves because of disobedience. For so long, we have confused God's, what we thought was his unfaithfulness, but it was truly our own disobedience. We cannot expect to have abundant living if we are walking in disobedience. And please, y'all, make the distinction between sin and a lifestyle of sin. Sin is something that because we live in the flesh, we will upon occasion sin. But I'm talking about when you stand in complete defiance of God and his ways and say, you tell him either I know better, so I'm going to do it this way, or despite what I know you want of me, I want this more. and I'm going to keep doing it this way. So if you are living in this lifestyle of sin, there can be no expectation of blessing and abundance. Sin does not always have to be the biggies either. I'm not talking about like murder, theft, and adultery. Now those count. But for most of us, sin are those little imperfections, as we say, quote unquote, or those old habits, quote unquote. Sin is that quick temper and attitude that you unleash on your husband and children. Sin is that little white lies you tell to avoid confrontation and commitment. Sin is that consistent habit, uh uh-oh, here I go, in somebody's camp, my own, of overeating, 
when you feel angry, stressed, or lonely. Sin is that daily routine of leaving work 30 minutes early, even though your time card doesn't really reflect that. You cannot expect abundance and blessing from God if you have unaddressed sin. So sis, in order to get you that honey, I need you to ask yourself, where in my life do I need to address an unaddressed sin? (sighs) Okay, y'all still listening? I'm afraid I've lost half my audience on that one. So let me hurry up and move on. Okay. The fourth thing to getting your groove back is being childlike. Now, listen, I didn't say childish. That is not what I said. But in Luke 18, 16, it says that Jesus called the children to him. And he said that permit the children to come to me and do not hinder them. For the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Now, in scripture, the kingdom of God means heaven in some passages, but it also means the benefits of being a child of God here on earth. And in this particular text, I believe that that is the heaven that God is speaking about. The benefits of being his child experienced while on earth. So I'm like, okay, if God is calling us to be like the children, what does that mean? So here are a few traits that I'm going to encourage you to start exploring in your own life. Number one, children are trusting. Yeah, we, we, we convince children with very little effort, actually, that there is a Santa, a fat man that comes down a chimney throughout the whole entire world in one night. Mm-hmm. They believe it. Um, we they they believe in a Easter bunny. They believe in a tooth fairy that sneaks dollars for their nasty, cavity-ridden teeth. Like, but they believe it because they are trusting. And so, God is not asking us to be naive, but He is asking to trust in Him, which is a good source. When we begin to trust God again, then our peace, our groove, will be restored. When God sees that we trust him like a child, doors will begin to fling open. I promise you, where in your life, sis, do you need to begin to trust God again? All right. Something else about children. They are forgiving. Um, Like I have adopted two children, so I'm very familiar with child protective services and I've taken classes. And in so many of those classes, they tell you about how abused children so easily forgive their parents and still have this love for them and want to go back to them. And so to a fault, children are forgiving, but to a fault, adults are not. We will hold a grudge good. <laughs> and I know you're saying, oh, I've forgiven. I've, no, 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 you haven't. Like here are some indicators if you're forgiven, if you have forgiven someone or not. If you can say that the thing that you did to me no longer has an emotional impact on me. That means that when I think about it, it doesn't raise my, raise my blood pressure, make me have a bad, a bad attitude. My eyes don't fill up with tears. None of that happens to me anymore because I have forgiven you and I can feel it physically. Another way that you can tell if you've forgiven someone or not is that you can say that 
I no longer wish wish you ill, and I actually wish you well. Mm. Mm. That last part. I actually wish you well. Can you say that about someone who has wronged you? If you can't, then you haven't truly forgiven. Or how about this one? Forgiveness means giving up the right to hear, I'm sorry. That's a tough one. But when you truly have forgiven someone, regardless of their acknowledgement or apologies, you can move on. Or how about this? Forgiveness means forgiving someone even when they have not corrected the behavior. Ah, let, Let me move on. We have to forgive as adults. You have to release people from expectations, even the fair and realistic expectations. But it is then and only then that you can actually live in that childlike nature to experience the abundant living that God has promised you. Or how about this for children? They are consistently looking for excitement in every moment. Just the other day, we got a box delivered from Amazon. Yes, I have um, have had so many COVID Amazon purchases. Y'all pray for me. Anyway, my daughter took one of those empty Amazon boxes and made with like cups and tape and string a robot out of it because she looked at a box and said, how can I squeeze the excitement out of this cardboard box? Do you look at life that way? Do you wake up and say, how can I fit as much life into this 24 hours as I can? Children are constantly looking for excitement. And in order for us to experience abundant life, we need to say, you know what? I need to make a date. This COVID is making me just like bored. I need to have a date night with my husband at my house. It's going to be fun. And let me figure it out. How can I have a blast at home with my children? Or I'm single and I am so bored. Like, what can I do to figure out how to squeeze life into my days? COVID or not, are you consistently and regularly trying to find excitement in life? It's incumbent upon you to do so. Um, Something else about children. Each day, a child learns new words. They discover something like my daughter just learned yesterday that it wasn't a pie pie. It was a pot pie. And she was like, huh, really? So every day they are expanding their knowledge base, expanding what they know how to do, expanding just experiences. And so are you looking for new experiences? Are you trying to find, you know what, what's my bucket list? Let me write down things that I want to learn to do. Is it learning a new language? Is it running a marathon? Like it's not too late, especially as as women of our age, to find cool and exciting things to do. So that's my like takeaway for you today. I want you to physically make a bucket list of things to do. Because it is only then that we can say as adults, looking for abundant life, I'm constantly and regularly looking for new things to do. Okay, the last thing that children do that we need to learn is they dream. 
Y'all, we have stopped dreaming as adults. But when you stop dreaming, you stop hoping. And so, yes, I know we have to be practical and I know we have to like, you know, look at what is and deal with the real and it is what it is. I know, I know, I know. But there is a place to close your eyes and say, where do I see myself going? Where do I see myself being, doing and accomplishing? And it is only when you dare to dream that you can actually begin to start putting the pen the paper and making goals and making it practical and making it tangible. And so I implore you to dream again. All right. So I just get excited talking about dreaming because I feel that so many of us of women of a certain age have convinced ourselves that um, our best days are behind us. So we stop dreaming. And so um, that's going to be one of my constant messages to you, my friends, my followers, is that we have to dare to dream. I don't care what stage of life you are in. If you have breath in your body, dream and dream big. Now, after you dream, we have to put it on paper, of course, and we have to figure it out and we have to make it, you know, a smart goal, make it, what's that? S-M-A-R-T, specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, timely. Yes, we have to do those things, but it starts first with a dream. All right, something else to get in your groove back is you have to say no. Somebody say no. Y'all know no is a whole entire sentence. Like it is, it is it. I don't need an explanation. I don't need to prove to you why I can't. My no is my no. And God gives us permission to say no, because he only gives us enough time to do the things that he has ordained for us to do. And if we are consistently and regularly taking on things that weren't that were not within the plan of our life for that day or that season, then God is saying, you don't have room for the thing that I want you to do because you keep saying yes to the other stuff. I tell people that I have to say no to you to give my best yes to something else. And so if you're like me, you, f- you, you don't like disappointing people, you have to find a way to say no. Some ways that you can say no you know, I, 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 I default to my husband. My husband does not mind being the bad guy. I'll say stuff like, you know what? Let me ask Eric. <laughs> or you can say something like that doesn't work with my schedule. Or you can say, you know what? I have a few other projects going on right now. Like find ways that aren't confrontational or make you feel uncomfortable. But at the end of the day, you have to say no or you will feel like you are constantly tired and exhausted and you can't live abundant, abundant life constantly being tired and exhausted. Once you have said no, you will free up so many yeses. This is how you know what Jesus wants you to do. Because it's hard to figure out when to say no and when to say yes. But Mark 135 says that very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. And that's in Mark 135. So,
So I told y'all I'm being Bible today. So because Jesus prayed, like if Jesus had to get up and pray to know what he needed to do for the day, how much more do we need to pray to know what our best yes is? So prayer, it gives you a roadmap on how to proceed with your day. It grounds you. It gives you instruction. It tunes you into Christ. It gives you a perspective for your day. And when you at your when you were at your freshest, right? That is when you need to pray. And don't fool yourself. I know some of y'all say I pray at night, but I promise you, like, you need to get up and before you hit the ground, when you are at your freshest, newest, most perkiest, untainted by the world and the experience of the world, that's when you need to take a moment to get in tune with God. Okay, something else you need to do. Next, I've lost my count. I think this is like number five. You need to get organized. Listen, we are always saying, I never have time. I never have time for myself. I don't have enough time for this. I just want to take a bath and no one interrupt me. Okay, I get it. But this is me preaching to me. And I'm sure you all benefit from this. How much time do you spend looking for your keys? Hmm. Looking for your phone. Looking for something to cook. Upset because you were late because you could not find matching socks. <laughs> Looking for a sheet of paper that you know where you put it, but obviously you didn't because it's not there. And that, like that kind of life will never leave margin in your day. So how in your life can you get organized? Is it making a calendar? Um, is it cleaning up? Is it decluttering? I mean, y'all, this is COVID season still. And so we typically have a little bit more time around our house. Like how can you put systems in place to get yourself more organized? Okay. Um, So earlier in the discussion, I was talking about like the bigger concepts of like being childlike in nature and being obedient and believing in abundance. But now I'm getting to some practical stuff like getting organized. Okay. Um, Something else you need to do is watch the company you keep. You need some cheerleaders in your life. You need some people. If we're talking about abundant life, you need some people on your team. Like, How can I put this? If you are the most positive person in your group, you need to add to your group. Like you cannot always be the one that's encouraging without having someone that encourages you. You can't always be the one fighting to be optimistic, but no one is giving you that same optimism in return. So check your cheerleaders because you need some. Like you need some Caleb's and some Joshua's that will hold your arms up when you get tired. So really think about that, ladies. And then back to the practical, I think number seven, and this is the last thing, your physical health is so important. Um, And this is what we're going to spend the remainder of the month discussing. So things like your hormones, have you checked to see if you are hypo or hyper when it comes to different things like that? Do you have Graves' disease? If you are have been experiencing symptoms of menopause or already in menopause? Are you keeping um, on track of what hormonal replacements are recommended for you? So check your hormones, ladies, Um, because we're talking about this abundant life. Like you can't physically, no, you can't emotionally feel well if you are physically just like 
constantly burdened because you're not taking care of yourself. So what I want you to do is find the ways to take care of your physical health. Um, so we talked about hormones. Check things like your blood levels. Like, are you anemic? And that, that might be a reason why you're always tired. And y'all, number um, three, when it comes to physical health, depression. Um, depression can um, come from chemical imbalance or it can be situational. Whatever it is, check into it. There is no embarrassment in this. Um, are we overweight? I know we don't like to discuss this, but it is is what it is, okay? Um, being overweight affects your heart rate, your breathing, your energy levels, your bones, just so much. So if you want abundant life, we don't want to be walking around achy and in pain all the time because we have too much weight on our joints. I mean, just simple things like that. Your body will lose weight, ladies. And this is what I want you to know. For most of us, our body will lose weight if we put less in it than what the energy we expend out of it. That just simply means that we have to lower our caloric intake and move a little bit more, period point blank. I don't care what system. I don't care if you're doing a liver cleanse, if you're doing um, intermittent fasting. It all boils down to eating less calories and moving more, period. Um, Something else when it comes to your weight, medication. It is not the devil. I know it's so much going on and we um, have become conspiracy theorists, Um, but take your medicine as prescribed. And if you want to start looking for natural remedies, then you need to do that after you get on medication and then wean yourself off of it. Also, let's keep our regular doctor's appointments. Also, here we go. When you look better, you feel better. I mean, whether it be um, your hair, occasionally doing makeup, your clothing, I promise you, When you look better, you feel better about yourself. And I'm not talking about everybody, Beyonce pretty and stuff like that, but I'm saying being the best version of yourself that you can be. Um, What else? Exercising. Y'all, that's key. I'm not saying people have to go run marathons and all that kind of stuff, but you need to move. Exercise produces hormones that I call happy happy hormones. It's an endorphins that stimulates just so much in your body. And so these are just some basic things in your physical health that you can do to make yourself feel better. Because when you feel better, then you can start to really dive into those bigger soul quenching areas of your life. But physical health is like the baseline that we want to get in tune with and get under control. So that's why for the rest of this month, we're talking about some cool stuff. Like next week on the podcast, we have a um, a friend of mine who's a dentist because honey, our smiles are important. And so I'm going to give you some information on how to take care of your smiles. And then I have a friend of mine that's a run coach. Yes, women 40 and beyond can run. And I want to teach you how if you're interested. And then after that, we're talking about, um, here we go, taboo subject, weight loss and eating disorders. Come on, y'all. We we got to get this one under control. So that is the month of July. I pray, I hope that this podcast, as whirlwind and fast as it was, was something that encouraged you and inspired you because ladies, Getting older with style and grace 
It's not easy, but somebody got to do it. So why not us and why not you? And as always, choose to make it a great day.